Hi, and welcome to Two Girls, One Cage, the podcast where two girls watch every Nick Cage film from worst to best during the COVID-19 quarantine. I'm Ashley. And I'm Catherine. And we used to be roommates, but now we're just friends. But now we're also podcast hosts. Or we're trying to be anyway. Trying to be. (laughs) This is a trial and error creative project, to say the least. So where did this project all begin? Yes. Catherine, since you're the writer and the creative, give us the background. Okay, so this pro- this project started almost a year ago. Almost Ash- a year ago. Oh my... Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> Which is actually crazy because I think we all have just been living in this time lapse slash warp. And it's like we don't really know how much time has actually gone by. Time is a figment of it. our imagination. So one year ago, Ashley and I and a couple other friends had a flight booked to New Orleans for vacation, and this had been planned months earlier. And so as it's getting closer, you know, we had we had heard of coronavirus. It was kind of a thing, but not to the extent that it was just a few weeks later. Yeah, we had not been smacked with the reality of what life would become for months and months and... Not at all. So we had nothing. We had no masks. Nothing. We at least had some wipes and some hand sani, no face masks. That was not a thing yet. This is our first week of March. Yeah, and at this point, it's in God's hands. That was the theme of the trip. It's in God's hands. (laughs) So, you know, us... We were still reckless, and we could make jokes like that, because no one believed that anything was going to happen. Yeah, it's not funny now, and I would never say that now, but, like, we just had nothing. So we just decided to go on vacation, because, you know, why not at this point? And we're in the TSA line. You know, we see some people in this airport with masks. Like, we actually started counting. It was kind of a game to keep us entertained before our flight. Oh, yeah. Our flight at, what, 8 in the morning? Yes. And so we just had to entertain ourselves by seeing how many people were actually wearing masks so far. Not in a funny way, but in a, like, oh, shit, what's going to happen kind of way. Yeah, it felt not apocalyptic yet. I won't say that. But it definitely felt like there was a shift. It was kind of something was happening. The culture was shifting. The culture was shifting, exactly. And so we are in the TSA line, and this girl... I think it was a full-on sneeze. Yeah, but it may as well have been, like, a bullet, like, because everyone fell completely silent and, like, turned and looked at This her. is, like, the shot heard around the world part two. Forget the Revolutionary War. This is the first <laughs> warning shot of the COVID-19 pandemic. In, where were we? The Newark airport? Or JFK. I honestly don't remember. Definitely not JFK because we banned that airport. <laughs> okay. It was Newark. So, you know, so we land in New Orleans. We have, a, you know, we're there for like four or five days. We have all these fun things planned. Ghost tours, cemetery tours. And I'll let you talk about that because unfortunately I was not there. Yes. The night before our tour of St. Louis Cemetery. We stayed in the French Quarter and then we, you know, wander our way over to Bourbon Street and that's where Ashley was smart enough to go home yeah for once I had the sense to call it quits and go back to the hotel and so you know I stumbled in somewhere right before 5 a.m that night we were staying in this one hotel and the next day we had to move to a different hotel and I cannot think of anything worse than that moment of have because I just didn't want to get out of the bed I mean Pat O'Brien's destroyed me and you were so smart to go home because those hurricanes are huge and they will get you. So yeah. the next morning, I think that was probably the most patient and understanding I've ever been in my life. Because I knew Catherine had just been through the ringer on Bourbon Street. But unfortunately, I had to make her get out of bed eventually and move hotels. Because for some reason, we thought, oh, it'll be so fun to hotel hop in New Orleans 
in the French Quarter. Uh, pro tip, do not book two different hotels for your New Orleans vacation because you're going to go out and you're going to stay out late and probably like me, you're going to hate yourself when you wake up the next day and you are just going to want to not get out of that bed. But I had to get out of the bed and we also had tickets to the cemetery tour, which I did not make it to because the second we got to the new hotel, I went back to bed and Ashley went without me. Yeah, I gave her a little snack, some some hydration, yeah, and then our me and our friend Emily bid farewell until Miss Catherine could rise from the grave later to rejoin us. <laughs> I rose from my own crypt later yes. that day, but I will let you talk about what I did not see. Yes, day. unfortunately, one of the highlights of the trip was the St. Louis Cemetery. Highly recommend. There's plenty of good history and even some film trivia that has nothing to do with Nick Cage in this cemetery, but that's for a different podcast. So on this tour, our friend Emily and I saw Nick Cage's Pyramid Tomb. And poor Nick Cage, I just... That was like the one thing the government couldn't take from him, right? When they repossessed everything that he owned? Yeah, I think it's... I think they tried because these plots, I'm telling you, are go thousands, millions of dollars. Are they even that expensive? They're they're pricey things. And I think it's actually against the law to take someone's plot in a New Orleans cemetery. Because these things get passed down through literal centuries, family to family. Except for Nick Cage's because St. Louis Cemetery was actually full how did Nick Cage get his two plots for his quirky marble pyramid tomb? Oh, I didn't know he had two. There's two plots in that pyramid. I don't know who he plans on being there with him, but... Aw, that, like, makes me kind of sad. I, actually, now that you just said that, I'm, like, actually sad. Sidebar. Kat and I have developed true, like, sympathetic feelings towards Nick Cage. Yeah, like, I just feel like... I don't know. I just... I mean, maybe he's totally fine and he's, like, a happy guy, but I'm just, like, I feel like if I ever saw him when we see him, because I, I we're manifesting it. We will see him. I feel like I just want to, like, give him a hug. But I don't want to be that creepy fan. I would never do that. But yeah. I just feel like he's... No hugs that, in the coronavirus times. Yeah, definitely not. But, yeah, no, we've developed this, like, real... I don't know. Just, like, affection for Nick Cage. An affinity for him. A definite... Yeah, an affinity. That's a good word. Yeah. But Nick Cage... St. Louis is full. How does Nick Cage get a tomb there? He has them rip up the last shade tree that exists in the cemetery. Oh, now I don't feel as bad. Yeah. So all the poor tour guides who used to have a shady spot to stand in, have their group stand in, is no longer there. St. Louis Cemetery is just treeless. A treeless, white marble, sun-reflecting... And you and I have been in those cemeteries on a prior trip to New Orleans in 2019 when the world was still good. And we were there in, what, like June or July? And it June. is... I mean, Hot. You will Toasty. be cremated just standing Fry in the Fry an egg on every <laughs> surface around you. Oh, yeah. So, like, losing that tree, I feel like, is a huge... And I can, like, fully sympathize with that. Even though Catherine wasn't there to hear the tour guide tell the story. I wasn't but... there, but I, I empathize. But yeah. I would have died if I where and there was no tree and no shade like oh Catherine would have been passed out for another reason <laughs> give me your second plot nick cage i'm ready to go i mean <laughs> i will die right here in this tomb <laughs> i'm waiting for you nick cage <laughs> we solve the mystery of who the second plot is for <laughs> plot twist the plot goes to Catherine. a literal plot twist <laughs> oh my gosh oh that is so funny oh my gosh 
I can't. We and don't. Nick Cage is something of kind of like a legend in New Orleans because he... Oh, everywhere. Yeah, kind of everywhere. Especially Of New course, Orleans. but especially New Orleans because he attempted to move there. I don't even know if he actually lived there for any period of time, but he bought this crypt and he bought the Lollery Mansion in the French Quarter, the famous haunted one. For, I think, what, two weeks he owned it? And he was like, nah, this is haunted. Yeah. Forget this. And it's kind of funny because when you bring him up down there, people, like, have strong opinions, not super positive ones. Like, the locals that live there, they're, mm-hmm. like, you bring up his name and they're kind of like, huh, yeah, that guy. I mean, it's very much, like, a thing down there. But so, oh, yeah. you know, we have a great time down there. And we come back to New York. And this was, like, oh, Thursday, I want to say. Because it was right before the weekend before the whole world changed, basically. Yeah. So yeah. We, we come back from this vacation. You know, things are getting canceled, like work events that I was supposed to go to the following week. I was supposed to go to a gala the following week. That gets canceled. So I'm kind of like, oh, maybe this is bad, you know, as all these things are happening. So Ashley and I, because like we said, we were roommates at the time, we think that we're just going to like bunker in and just power through this thing in like two weeks. Our thought process is, oh, like, we can't go anywhere, so we'll just stay in our little two-block radius in our neighborhood, and that's totally fine. <laughs> yeah, like, somehow the virus wasn't going to find us if we stayed on the Upper West Side. That was the logic, which escapes me. That was the logic. <laughs> so we're like, oh, like, what else can we do? Like, there's nowhere to go. And it's like, oh, we'll just go to the wine bar, literally, like, downstairs from our apartment. Yeah. Because COVID can't get us. We're basically in our home. <laughs> yeah, like, we're on the same block as we live, and therefore, like, COVID who, literally, was our we don't process. We don't know her. We don't want to know her. <laughs> we don't know her. We're ignoring her. So we basically, you know, this is Saturday night. Things are starting to change. There's less people on the streets. It's starting to definitely feel weirder. Yeah, so basically, in our minds, we're prepared to ride this out because we have, I don't know, roughly nine rolls of toilet paper and some soup. Yes, we got our soup. We made our last-minute grocery orders, and we're like, oh, cool, like, order all the soup. And then, of course, because everyone else is panic buying food, like toilet paper and soup, for the quote-unquote two weeks that we're going to have to be quarantined, that all that was left was boxed soup. Not even canned soup. (laughs) Boxed soup. Probably, like, broth. And we're like, oh, cool. We'll survive on this. Yeah, so, you know, in our minds, we're good. We have everything we need, and we already live together, and we just are going to sit with our supplies and just ride out this pandemic in, like, two to four weeks. Yeah. And so, you know, we're thinking, okay, we're back from the wine bar. What, what do we do now? And I think this is where Nick Cage comes into our lives. Yes, he was still fresh in our minds from me seeing his future <laughs> burial place and me showing Catherine photos of it since she unfortunately missed out. <laughs> and then... Maybe it was me. I was like, oh, like, let's just watch a Nick Cage movie. Like, there's nothing else to do. Like, New York was, like, impending shutdown the next week. So let's watch a random Nick Cage movie. Yeah, and we happened to choose, you know, I think the worst one. I think that's how we chose. It was like, what's the worst Nick Cage movie, right? I don't even know. It was just completely random. Oh, it was random. Okay, so it was random. And we chose which one? We watched Deadfall first. So that in my mind, and you know, we'll have an episode next week for you guys specifically about that movie, but like in my mind, it's still one of his best. Oh, absolutely. So we, we watched Deadfall, and they're like, oh, like, let's just pick like another Nick Cage movie, scroll other, a few other options. We're like, oh, here's Grand Isle. This looks interesting. It came out in and 2019. It's, and Grand Isle is an island off the coast of Louisiana. Yeah. So we're like, oh, perfect. This continues our New Orleans theme. Yes. The Nick Cage theme, the New Orleans theme. And then little do we know, 
is that afterwards, when one of us was looking at the films, I'm like, oh, we just watched his two worst ranked movies, according to Rotten Tomatoes, and then we just kept watching them from yeah. there. Yeah, and then, you know, so this was, like, Saturday night, and then Sunday is when Cuomo, Governor Cuomo, announces that New York is going into full lockdown on Monday don't go anywhere unless it's, like, the pharmacy or the grocery store. And so that's when I think we were, like, oh, okay, I think this might be, like, a thing. <laughs> like, I think coronavirus might actually Corona's be something. Corona's here to stay. She's moving in. <laughs> <laughs> Corona is our third roommate. She's coming for us. Yeah. Um, so we were, like, oh, okay, this is a little real. So then I buy a flight. We both buy flights home. Mm-hmm. And we're both going to leave Monday morning first thing, just in case. You know, at this point – it did feel apocalyptic, and, like, we didn't know if the airports were going to shut down. That's what I was scared of. Yeah. I was like, well, Catherine's leaving, I'm leaving, so we both buy flights to go home to our respective homes. First thing in the morning on Monday, peace out, buy corona, don't want to know ya. Yeah. We just, like, rage quit New York for... <laughs> How many months? I mean, I was gone off and on for like 10 months. I mean, I just made my comeback like the first week of December and it's now February. Yeah. So we went from March to December basically for Catherine and then I came back. Well, we both came back in July because our lease was up on our apartment. So we're no longer roommates, but we're here podcasting. Yes. (laughs) And we're friends. We're, We're continuing the trend of watching every single Nick Cage movie. And honestly... It was very nice because it kept us, like, bonded and in touch for the whole pandemic. So, for that, I'm very thankful for Nicolas Cage. Same. So, he's, like, become this important person to us or just, like, an actor or just, like, figure in our lives. We've grown to admire and respect, dare I say. You looked surprised when you said that just now. Did it shock you? I've never vocalized how I felt about him in that way before, but I think it's real. It yeah. went from a joke, but now it's real. Yeah, it it's was... like that meme. It's like how it started and how it ended. Literally. <laughs> it's like how it started, probably like National Treasure for me, because it was just like came out when I was a child, and now it's just like he's our quarantine king. Hence yeah. why, what, what did I call the, our, well, I'm going to hide myself with the spreadsheet. You so. are getting, I think you're just, like, so excited to talk about I'm so excited to, like, get into this now. We gave all the background. Ashley, for our astrology fans out there, Ashley is a Virgo moon and yes. my spreadsheet queen. And so, and I'm the literal polar opposite. So, if there's something that needs to be organized, like, we did have a New Orleans spreadsheet for our trip to New Orleans, just so you guys know. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of themes here. Coronavirus, Nicolas Cage, and Google spreadsheets. Yes. I would say those are, yeah. (laughs) Sponsor us, though. Please, please sponsor us. (laughs) That is our beautiful love story. (laughs) And our, yeah, our love affair with Nick Cage. So I want to talk about, because I know you want to talk about it, your spreadsheet. Yes. Let me introduce you to spreadsheet for the patron saint of our quarantine, Nicolas Cage. Should I start with the the rating system? I, yes, definitely. Okay, so since Deadfall was the first film that we watched in this big project... I decided the rating system has to be based on an iconic, I say iconic, as if anyone knows this line. In this movie, Nick Cage is a strung out... He's a pill head or a coke or both, honestly. Probably a pill head and a coke head. All in one. Like, what does he actually do in this film, though? I don't know if he has a job. I think he's literally just a strung out disaster with a big He's honestly just, like, works in this 
gang criminal underworld organization. They're they're not heavy on the details in this film. No. To say the least. No, definitely not. And I don't want to, like, give too much away. But basically, he is this icon, deserves icon status for this role, basically. Eddie. Eddie in Deadfall. Eddie in Deadfall is amazing. So, Eddie has some violence issues. And there's a very amazing wide shot scene of him raging and yelling into this bar about to fight somebody in the strip club oh was, oh yeah yeah even better <laughs> raging in the club in the club <laughs> a different type of club <laughs> don't you all miss clubs i do and he's so angry and ready to beat somebody up that he's just yelling ready to fuck ready to fuck <laughs> over yeah. and over again so like if you haven't figured out this podcast will be explicit because yeah so like adults. don't listen to this with a small children yeah in the car this is your warning whatever. after we've already well me i've well, already sworn at the storm <laughs> yeah i was like i think the warning came too late but we're all adults here yes. hopefully so hopefully if you're listening to a nick cage podcast you should not be a child that doesn't seem right definitely not so not, this not appropriate. Is, that was your too late warning that there will be some swearing but we will try to keep it to a minimum because we don't want to be those ladies either so my rating system is out of five ready to fucks so each film that we have watched i have rated on that parameter. And of course, Deadfall has five ready to fox because not only is our film about cinematography and acting quality, but it's also on like the goofy, funny, this movie is so bad that it's the best. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So this rating scale is not linear. It's got like three dimensions. Rating. So yeah, Ashley does her, you know, her system. <laughs> My ready to fuck system. Yeah, okay. I was like, is it too like early to say it again? But it's never too early. Okay, no, her ready to fuck system. Um, And then I modeled my mine's a percentage score based on Rotten Tomatoes. So it's out of a hundred percent. I have given out zero percents. We have gone. It it has happened. It has happened. Um, and but also I will say that I disagree with Rotten Tomato scores on his films a lot of the time. I think almost every time we have said this rating is wrong. Either it's too generous or it's not generous enough based on what we think is good. In the Nick Cage universe, this does not apply to other movies. Like, when I give Deadfall a 5 out of 5, that does not mean it's better than Titanic, for example. Oh my <laughs> Definitely gosh, not, not Titanic. I mean, personal opinion, I, the I think guns. there's so many things that are better than Titanic, so I, won't, I don't want to, like, go there. I'm not trying to drag... Oh, I think everyone has some thoughts on Titanic, but let's not let's not. Drag. We have to stay in the Nick Cage universe. We're staying in that universe, yes. But yeah, I think that's important to say that we are not saying that that means his movies are the best movies ever made in the history of cinema, because obviously that's not true. Yeah, we love you, Nick Cage. If we you're do. Listening. I feel like it's important to say that, like anything I say on this podcast, and I feel like I mean, tell me if you agree. It's none of this is me like coming for Nick Cage. All like, of this comes oh, from a good place. Yeah. If anything, like I'm not dragging him. We're we're coming at Nick Cage with peace and love. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like he doesn't even know who we are, but it's fine. I just want to say that anyway. But we are manifesting meeting Nick Cage. It's going to happen. It's gonna happen, and I feel like it's gonna happen in New Orleans. I can just those. It's just gonna happen. It's our it's our destiny. Yeah, one hundred percent. Totally. So with that being said, there are some other attributes that probably aren't as kind in this spreadsheet that we have. For example, and this is an ever growing list. One of the first things that we notice in Nick Cage films is that he tends to die a lot. 
A lot. Oh, like a lot, a lot. We didn't come into the spreadsheet with this category, but we actually had to add it because we were like, does he, like, there was a point where he died in, like, the last, like, string of movies that we had watched. Yeah. Like, at one point, it was 50-50 if he was going to die or not. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I honestly can't wait till we get to the end of this list and we can, like, do an average and be, like, probability of Nick Cage dying in his films. Yeah. I think once we have a few episodes in our pockets, we'll, like, maybe update the percentages for you on the podcast so you can know because I was honestly very surprised... To find this trend. It makes me a little sad. Like, does he just have, like... What do you call it when you're, like, have a fixation with death? Oh, I mean, I'm sure there's a word for it. But I was just going to say he has a dark side. I don't know what the yeah. technical term is. Yeah. Like, it's it's not this concept of, like, leaping into the void. Like, you know what that is? Oh, where you, like, want to jump in? Yeah. You feel the call of or the void, Or you're, like, in a basically. car and you're, like, oh, let me just, like, drive off this Oh, cliff. an intrusive thought. Intrusive thought. But I feel thought. like in the Nick Cage movies... That is a thing. Maybe yeah. he's called to these roles, these kind of, like... If you look at his the films that we've, like, already seen, though, I feel like he definitely does have this, like... He's attracted, it seems like, to these, like, darker, like, complicated roles. Yeah. I think he likes dark, complicated, I'm martyr for something roles. Yeah, totally. Either a cause or another person. Totally. There's definitely that trend. Wow, we're, like, psychoanalyzing him now. But, I know. Okay, so we have a did Nick Cage die yeah. column. And we also... This column's a little... We're throwing some shade here. But I, but not we, directed at Nick Cage. Not directed at Nick Cage because it's not like he's in charge of these films. But we do have a column called Did They Try? Which means did they actually try to make a good film? Yes. And by this, we're like, by they, we mean everyone. Like, did everyone work the well director, together? The director, the screenplay writer, the, the people sets, doing the costumes. There have been some bad sets. Yeah. That are very, like, I never want to look at a film and be like, oh, yeah, that's a set. But, like, there have been those moments where you're just like, damn, this is not even this is trying a set. to be realistic. That's a wig. <laughs> this is all bad. Yeah, so that's what we mean by did they try. And I would say also the important thing to note about the spreadsheet, but, it's in Comic Sans font. Yes. And I feel like, the to me, Comic Sans, like, Nick Cage is the Comic Sans of acting and actors. And what I mean by that is, you know, when Comic Sans was first invented, I am sure that whoever made it, shout out to you, it was like an exciting moment. And I'm sure at some point in the existence of Comic Sans, it was taken seriously in some capacity or or used in that form. And just like Nick Cage, I mean, this is a guy who did win Best Actor for an Academy Award for Leaving Las Vegas, which is a great movie. But, you know, he is a Coppola uh, he that was his peak. He really was taken seriously at one point in time, and then at some point, much like Comic Sans, he has just transcended into this. He's a meme. He's kind of an enigma. He's definitely a persona. It's like where does his persona end and Nick Cage begin? It's very much a gray area. And you know, Comic Sans, like no brand or company is using Comic Sans. It's very much a font that you use in a lighthearted or a joking way. It has its own level of self awareness, and I feel like Nick Cage also has this level of self-awareness yes and this is a great like this needs to go on the shower thoughts reddit like literally and figuratively because Catherine thought about this while she was in the shower and you guys i could not wait to get out of the shower just to like record this on my phone like this was the shower thought i had <laughs> i don't know what that says about me that i'm thinking about comic stands and nick cage at like nine o'clock in the morning but that's that's where my day was. There's never a bad time to think about Nick Cage. No, not really. And I think the thing about him, too, is that he's been in literal hundreds of movies. I mean, this is a man that was making, like, a normal amount of movies, I feel like, at one point in time. And now he just, he's almost, like, everywhere and nowhere at the same time. Yeah. Like, this is a man 
that still has movies coming out during this pandemic. Like, he's got those films banked. Yeah, I mean, he just, like, in all genres, all types of characters, I mean, he's just, like, sci-fi, horror, you name it. He's done it, basically. Yeah. Comedies, romance films, war hero films. He's done it all. Yeah. So, thankfully, we will never run out of podcast content. No, we really never will. So, I hope everyone's happy to be on this journey with us. So now that we've introduced you to our tracking system, we'll go into what the episodes will look like. So we'll share our general thoughts on the film. I have my notes thanks to our handy dandy spreadsheet. Yeah. yeah so we'll t- give our general thoughts on the film. Any specific scenes that we want to share with you guys that really either show the true acting prowess of Nick Cage or the exact opposite. We just thought that they were really funny. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's definitely, yeah, that's where, like, did they try? Come in. Yes. So, we'll, we'll share, did he die? Did they try? Exactly. How and appropriate that those rhyme. How many ready to fucks? How many ready to fucks? I'll share my rating score. Catherine will share hers. And we'll share with you guys if we agree or disagree with what Rotten Tomatoes has to say. Yeah. And, um, you know, if anyone has seen any of these movies because some of them are pretty obscure but I have no doubts that like someone out there has seen some of them like we would love to hear from you yes if you've seen it if it's your favorite what you liked about it what you didn't like about it we want to know about it because apparently we're Nick Cage stands now (laughs) apparently we're Nick Cage stands I feel like we just have to admit that to ourselves and we just did out loud yeah and just like you know, over the last year, just like everything that we've been through, you know, like he's just, I don't know. <laughs> Nick Cage has been our in importance. Yeah, no, but he really has. I don't, it kind of started as a joke and now we are like serious podcasters about Nick Cage. Yeah. So we, we will bring you guys new episodes every Friday with a different film in case you want to watch the film over the weekend. So we're giving you some uh, streaming inspiration, Voodoo, Tubi, Netflix, all of them. <laughs> We've given so, we always joke to ourselves that, like, we've given him so much money because some of them are free, but, like, we've paid for a lot of them. Oh, and, yeah. And granted, it's only two ninety nine, but I feel like if we ever ran into him, that's, like, 100% something I would say. Like, like if you notice any of your super obscure films, like, getting a little boost, like, that was us. <laughs> yeah, I would love to see the trend analytics of people watching Nick Cage films because there's definitely some random spikes here and there from just Catherine and I both on the same day watching a movie and paying for it. Exactly. So I'm like, that six bucks was like, for you. Like, who else in quarantine was watching Andrew and Amos? Nobody. Literally. Nobody. Who was watching it out of quarantine? Nobody. Nobody. I mean, really. <laughs> Sorry, Nick Cage, but <laughs> Sorry. nobody was watching we're, that We're movie. not dragging you, like we said. That there was a disclaimer, but I mean... It's not all your fault. We no. also told ourselves that we were going to, like try to not laugh so often but i'm sorry guys that was funny. we just gotta be our real authentic selves that's what nick cage would want because all he brings is his authentic i don't think he opinions. knows how to do anything but like bring his authentic self everywhere that's the only self he knows and i respect that yeah same i would we should all try to try <laughs> should we all aspire even, to be I, like nick cage is that what you're trying to say i can't even say it with a straight face yeah should we all aspire to be more like nick cage i don't know about that Maybe in only the authenticity standpoint and yeah. not the, I'm not going to pay my taxes and I'm going to buy stolen dinosaur heads. This <laughs> is a roast. We have just finished. We are now a Nick Cage roast podcast. Forget any other part of this where I said that I have sympathy for him. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, we still love you. We The affinity is still there. It is still there. But, but it's like equal parts 
like I'm finding a balance of equal parts roast, equal parts like affinity. Like okay. it's a, it's a one to one ratio podcast. There will be roasting and there will be admiring. Yeah. Question. No, mark. like I feel like this is a redemption slash roast. Because I feel like we talked about how, like, our ratings don't necessarily match up with, like, Rotten Tomatoes and the critics. Like, there will be movies we watch of his that are overrated by the critics. And then there are lots that are, like, underrated gems, to be totally honest. So I feel like this podcast is, like, partially a redemption of Nick Cage and his films that deserve better. But then also there will be roasts. Like, you know, there are films that just, like, you can see the boom mic. At the top of the screen. like Or the edge some, of the set at the top of the screen. Yeah, like, there are some true disasters, but there are some gems. There there are some gems. And we will share these with you. Yeah. yeah. So, that's that's two girls, one cage. I will caveat our ordering system by saying that some of these films, you can't find them to stream anywhere. I feel like... Wild at Heart. There's that movie with James Franco, where he's, like, the male sex worker... <laughs> That Nick Cage directed, by the way, which we will be watching when we can. I think that's next. Directed by Nick Cage. So this is not limited to just his starring roles. It can be supporting roles. It can be directing. We want it all. We cannot get enough Cage content. (laughs) We're raging for Cage. We are. (laughs) I had to do it. We're raging Cajuns, but not that kind. (laughs) Shut up. That is actually amazing. Should that be your hashtag? Yes. Raging Cajuns, but it's like Nick Cage. A thousand percent. No, it's actually funny that you just said that because right before we went to record this, I said to Ashley, I was like, there's something with rage and cage and there needs to be a slogan and I don't have the brain power to like work on that in this moment. And I think you just figured it out for us. All of my best ideas come organically when I'm just raging saying random things. But yeah. And I love that because it also like has a bit of New Orleans flair. Exactly. The the circle is complete. The circle is complete. Yes. Uh, So new episodes every Friday and we will end each episode with me reading a little summary of the movie that's to come for the next week. So without further ado, next week we will bring you guys Deadfall a New Yorker, Michael Bain, heads to California to find the lookalike brother, played by James Coburn, of his con man father. Now, you guys might be wondering, you didn't say Nick Cage in that. But let me tell you, every now and then, once on a blue moon, a supporting actor steals the show. And that's what Nicolas Cage does in this film, which is a testament to his acting skills. I will, I will go on a limb and I will say that this might be the best Worst movie ever. I would agree with that. Yeah. I think the only one that could rival it is The Room. I have not seen The Room. You need to see The Room. It's definitely... In popular lore, it is the best worst movie, but I will stand by Deadfall. You'll stand by Deadfall. I'll put my neck out there for it. Wow. Come at me, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Ashley's throwing down the gauntlet. I am. So thank you guys for listening. Please subscribe to us. Share with your friends. And... Follow us on Instagram at two girls, one cage.